Here at Michigan Family Wellness, we believe chiropractic care and nutritional-based therapies are a foundational part of a healthy family lifestyle. No matter where you're at in the mitten, having a family is such an exciting time of life. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by stress, fatigue, and responsibilities with the kids, we invite you to become part of this empowering community to create happy, healthy families. By providing engaging interviews and practical applications, Dr. Wallner cultivates family health by equipping our listeners with the tools they need to elevate wellness in their own family. Dr. Wallner passionately serves the Michigan community at his chiropractic and nutrition-based practice, where he specializes in pregnancy, pediatrics, and family wellness care. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kyle Wallner. Good day, families, and welcome home. That's right, my name is Dr. Kyle, and this is the Empowering MFW Family, and we are so glad to be with you today. If you are joining us for the first time, I want to thank you for tuning in. The health of you and your family is your number one priority. It is your greatest asset. The best way to have a healthy family is by living a family wellness lifestyle. So if you're looking for efficient, effective, and sustainable ways to elevate your health and the health of your family, then I strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable because we have an amazing show for you today. Jessica is a wellness expert with a degree in holistic nutrition. However, she's most comfortable classifying herself as an everyday mom who's trying her best to help herself and her family live a more natural and healthy life. She is dedicating herself to helping her viewers navigate the incredibly crowded wellness space one step at a time. She's passionate about delivering science-based research in a practical fashion that is easy to apply for busy moms on the go. All right, families, let's welcome Jessica. Welcome, families, to today's podcast. My name is Dr. Kyle Wallner. I am your host of the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast. Welcome, Jessica. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Dr. Kyle. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome, Jessica. So as you know, we just told our listeners a little bit about you as the professional, as the rock star mother. Tell us a little bit more about what family looks like for you. To me, family is just that tribe and that support system. Those people, whether it's your actual family or the family that you've accumulated throughout your lifestyle and your lifetime, but family to me is that support system that you can lean on any and all times. And as a mom, that's really important to me. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. I often say that as a theme on the podcast, you really have to lean into those support mechanisms, that community. Jessica, another thing that we say on the podcast is what is your favorite aspect of Michigan as a Michigan native, I believe? Yes, yes. So gosh, there's so many of them, but I would have to say is the seasons. Um, We're frozen right now, currently. But even through that, like I just, I love the seasons, the experience of the seasons. And I would have to say our beautiful lakes. We're so fortunate to have those lakes. And I appreciate them even more now that I'm well into my 30s. Absolutely. I think it's a well-desired thing when you look at different places across the country. I think there's a lot of untapped uh, recognition for the Great Lakes here in this beautiful state that we have. But to your point, it is a little bit rough when it's uh, the frozen tundra right now. Yeah, it's freezing. (laughs) That being said, Jessica, like I had said earlier, you're a wellness expert. You have a degree in holistic nutrition, but you're also just really great at empowering and educating and inspiring the community of mothers here in southeastern Michigan. Tell us more about your story and what more of that looks like. Well, thank you. First of all, I appreciate that. And yeah, just a quick, you know, snapshot of my background. I didn't grow up on a farm, you know, in Southern California. 
you know, foraging my own food. I grew up here in Michigan in the Midwest and a very traditional Midwest upbringing. And through that experience, I think people eventually, when they find health, they find it through an experience that they are looking for a solution that potentially, you know, your regular traditional medicine doesn't help. So for me, it was, you know, in my early 20s, I had gone originally to school to study biochemistry. I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon because I was an athlete. And throughout my life growing up, I had torn ligaments and tendons and needed surgery. And so I always really appreciated that, you know, that form of medicine and the ability to fix the body and the bones. And I love that, you know, the spine and the strength. I feel like so much of health and well-being, as you would know and be an expert in, comes from just our bones, our mechanics, and everything underneath. And so um, a couple years into my biochem major, I did decide to shift gears because something didn't sit right with me at the time. And I knew that that wasn't the right path to go down. So I did like a hard turn and I ended up studying journalism and public relations with a minor in communications. And after graduating from university, I went into the entertainment industry and I did entertainment PR. So really fast paced celebrities and very glitz, glamoury lifestyle. And, and in that glitz and glamour, I was, you know, working till two in the morning and eating dinner at 2 a.m. when I would get home to turn around at 5 a.m. And I would wake up and have to be back in the office to collect news clippings. Um, and through that experience, I quickly was burning myself out and I was supplementing that with mocha, frappuccino, lattes and all of the really bad things that weren't serving me. And I would notice these panic attacks coming on and anxiety. And, you know, I was a young, healthy female. So why was this happening? And the first correlation I found was through eating meat. And I then derived it back to eating really poorly sourced meat. And so at that time, I did go completely plant-based. Mm -hmm. And I was vegan for many years. I was raw vegan, being in Michigan, which was very difficult right. <laughs> not to eat cooked foods for a long time. Um, I did that just to try and find you know, what was happening and what were the mechanics of my body and what did I need to do to get myself to optimal wellness? And, you know, I was actually plant-based for almost a decade until I got pregnant with my son. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed my body was craving a lot of cooked foods and, and meats and bone broth. So through this journey, though, what I found was I had a calling and I definitely had a connection to helping people. So I knew that I needed to go back to school and I studied holistic nutrition Mm -hmm. And I, I chose holistic nutrition because I knew that it was more than just what's on your plate. I knew that the foods were deeper. I knew that the connection to our spirit and our foods and our community, which holistic nutrition embraces all of that, was more meaningful. The connection to finding your tribe, whether it be, you know, other wellness professionals, whether it's mm -hmm. busy moms, which happens to be my focus and area. Right. And through that, you know, I did embark on a different journey. And just as of within the last year, mm -hmm. I left my full-time career to be a stay-at-home mom. Awesome. And I knew eventually I would want to do something I didn't know would be so quickly. And I did start my YouTube journey in September and it's January now. And I just hit 35,000 views in that time. So. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank <laughs> you. I think it was the right choice. That's yeah. for sure. Well, so many things to honor and acknowledge there, Jessica. I mean, first of all, just thank you for being vulnerable, sharing your story. 
Congratulations uh, with your family, uh, your son uh, becoming pregnant. That's a challenge in itself these days, which we may talk about more later here. But then, yeah, making that transition from being a very driven, motivated, highly productive individual, especially a a woman in today's culture, and then transitioning into the home life, which I think I talked to my wife about this. I talked to our patients at the office here who are mothers. It's oftentimes... They, there's the tension of they want to do both or they want to be able to do everything at home or it's like I've gone through all this education in my life and I've worked so hard and then now my employer is just not interested in valuing family. So I guess tell us a little bit more about maybe what that transition was like for you, what motivated you, and then if anyone's willing to check out Jessica's Instagram page and her <laughs> stories, they can follow along with your life, which I really enjoy just the way that you're so open and share uh, everything that you're doing to elevate the lifestyle of other mothers in the area. So go ahead, tell us more about that. Yeah. So, you know, I was, thankfully, I was in a career, um, I was working for a healthy snack company, actually Kind Healthy Snacks, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. most people are very familiar with. And I was with Kind for six and a half years and I was in a very senior level role. So the dream job, right? And then I got pregnant with my daughter, well, I guess I should rewind before I got pregnant with my son. I did struggle to get pregnant with my son and Mm -hmm. I was in a very fast paced life again, um, traveling and on airplanes. And, you know, I was definitely eating great at that time or so I thought, but the stress, there's so much more the fertility than just food, right? There's lifestyle, there's Mm -hmm. environment, there's that family element. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. So then when I did become pregnant with my daughter, um, I, you know, I was really happy in my current workplace, but the level that I was at, there was no way to scale back. There was no way for part-time. There was no way to not be on a flight every other week traveling. And that was just, the thought of that was overwhelming and too much. And then there was a little bit of a health scare that we had when I was pregnant with my daughter. They had found a cyst, which is very common, Mm -hmm. but they did find a cyst on her brain. And, you know, I was reading my chart and I saw it and I knew um, you know, the medical terminology. And in that moment, I called my husband. And I said, I'm not going back to work after mm. we have Sawyer. I'm not mm. I'm not doing it. It's just the stress. And why am I doing this? Family to me is most important. And I knew that in that moment that it was like a closed book. So right. I was, you know, grateful enough to be able to make that choice to stay home with our two children. And my employer was was wonderful about it, but there wasn't a way to, there was unfortunately a way to do both. And mm-hmm. I think you can have it all, but maybe just not at the same time. Sure. And that's kind of the place that I'm coming to. I think we live in such a stressful culture, a stressful lifestyle that it makes it really difficult to get high quality, dense nutrition into our bodies, into ourselves that we can digest, break down, assimilate, move through us. And so these are some of the things that we talk about here at the clinic. And I just, from watching your videos, from watching your Instagram stories, things like that, you really enjoy doing this where you show women like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Think Mm -hmm. about doing how you could do this yourself. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So when I decided to kind of start my YouTube journey, it was more of a overwhelming need because I couldn't keep up with the messages I was getting. Mm -hmm. So I was doing the Instagram stories. I had friends from high school reach out to me, friends from college, current friends, emailing me, texting me, calling me all the time at all hours of the night, asking questions because 
of my nutrition background and my medical background, they wanted help and they didn't know where to start. And I turned to my husband and I said, you know, I love video. I love this platform. I think I need to start something simply as a means to an end because I can't keep up with the messages and I don't want to ignore people. I want to have a place to send them to. And so I use my Instagram stories is that I, you know, kind of aggregate all of the common questions I get and help people start because that's the biggest question I get is where do I start? How do I start? Yeah. And I think feeling alone or feeling like I talk to moms who say this all the time, they feel they want to eat healthy with their kids and social pressures and being out with friends and school events and social events. It's like there's just all this pressure to cheat and to not eat well. And so they tell me they feel like they're so alone, they're isolated. And so I think things like you're doing, I mean, it really helps women feel like, hey, I'm not the only one, you know, I can do this, I can figure out different solutions that are efficient, effective and sustainable. Because again, one thing I look at with just consistency over a long period of time, that is so key. It's it's great to do something for one day or a week or two weeks. But especially, I mean, a lot of women, let's just talk about releasing weight just to feel better and just to feel more productive, have a better mental, emotional state. If you're going to try and release some weight, you got to be doing something consistent for a long period of time. What's your Mm -hmm. thought on that? Yeah, I've (laughs) I've got a lot of thoughts on that. Some of them polarizing Mm -hmm. because in this wellness space that I'm in, it's very common to right now in January detox, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's you go on Pinterest, you turn on the Today Show, everybody's detoxing. And and I I love detoxing, but I think it needs to be in micro doses every day. It has to be a lifestyle. Every morning, wake up, have a warm water with lemon. That will serve you exponentially more than doing a 10-day cleanse that you're just, you cannot maintain that lifestyle. So my thoughts on that are, you know, the first thing women want to do, especially when they want to get pregnant or after they've had a baby, they want to lose weight, right? And to me, I don't even own a scale because it's a number. To me, it's how I feel, how my clothes fit, you know, my strength and and my energy. And so I say to them, it's a lifestyle change, but it's one small step at a time. And it's what I call the crowd out method. So you want to have those pancakes and waffles with your kids on the weekend? Let's just make them healthy. Let's healthify them and crowd out the bisquick. And you're going to see the pounds come off. And it's going to be long-term change versus something that you're just going to cycle back in and go back into old habits. I get a lot of questions about which diet is right for me, whether it's ketogenic or, you know, low carb this, high protein that, and how much people can meal plan and prep and all these things. What's your professional opinion? Again, specifically, we're talking about the woman who's in her 30s with a couple of kids, just a stressed out mom, Mm. and she's wondering what she can do to have really consistent blood sugar levels and not feel so starving, you know, Mm -hmm. if she tries to uh, go for a longer period of time or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there's certain diets that do really well with certain populations and certain age ranges and also the baseline of where somebody is starting. And, you know, you go to your primary care doctor and you say, I don't feel that great. And they say, well, you know, you just need to lose some weight and, you know, just work out a little bit more. And that's, that's not always the solution. And to do that, the crowd out method is, is my favorite way to do it. And the elimination diet is kind of eliminate, maybe it is eliminating those processed grains and see how you feel. Eliminate that corn that's genetically engineered. Maybe it is reducing your meat intake, seeing how you feel, and then going from there, adding things back in. And I think that, you know, ketogenic is, 
it's a very popular diet. I've done it. I've, I've benefited from keto diets. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people do, especially if you have some blood sugar issues, if you're somebody who needs to kind of reset your insulin levels, going ketogenic could really help also. So could intermittent fasting and intermittent fasting doesn't have to be as scary as, as people sound, you know, it could be, you stop eating at at 6 PM and you don't eat again until eight o'clock in the morning. Um, but I'm not a fan of a long-term diet for consecutive months. So if somebody wants to try keto and see how they feel, if it serves you, if it makes you feel good, you can maintain that. But to me, the best diet that you could do is a ton of plants on your plate. I say 80% plants, a small portion of protein, and a small portion of carbohydrates. And that doesn't have to be your wheat, your gluten. It could be from a potato. It could be from a yam. I love, you know butternut squash this time of year. I love root vegetables this mm. time of year. And all of those are wonderful sources of carbs. So lunchtime, I'm getting hungry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's excellent, Jessica. Thank you for that. I'll respond with two things here. So I love intermittent fasting. I've recently dived into it because I just want to check it out for myself to see if I could recommend it for patients and everything. And in terms of the timing of when we eat, I mean, it's really important what we're eating too. But I really think there's something about timing our neurology timing when we eat during the day. Uh, again, as a chiropractor, this really gets into the deep neurology of digestion oh. of our parasympathetic nervous system, because when we eat, when we're stressed out, that's really not helping us or serving us. And it's creating bad insulin responses, insulin sensitivity and dysglycemia and all these crazy things here. The thing I'll mention about the ketogenic diet is if you're a lady and it works for you, awesome. I have seen that personally with my observations, it's really great for men. So mm -hmm. when men kind of like starve themselves and not eat a bunch of carbs, they just lean out and trim out because they're like, all right, Spartan warriors, where's the <laughs> war, right? With women, I, it's a little bit more tough sometimes because as a woman feels like where are the nutrients, where's the food, where's the store, essentially it's hey, let's build up, let's actually store and conserve uh, in case we get pregnant type thing versus let's just lean and thin out and things like that. So I'm not saying that's everyone, but I would right. say historically speaking, the metabolism uh, for our ladies there is much more towards that. Versus Now, if you're training, if you're exercising and just really active, I think it can be great. I'm a personal fan of some nutritional lifestyle tools have you heard of beta-hydroxybutyrate? Just little things that can help shunt the body into ketosis, whereas it can be kind of difficult to get there naturally because mm -hmm. it takes a long time. A long time. Um, yeah, so just some thoughts there. But In ketosis, you know, sometimes for women who have really unstable blood sugar levels, it can be a great reset for them to do a quick ketosis um, reset because they've never in their life, they're reaching for Oreos every night at nine o'clock at night. So for them to have to follow that diet and kind of reset their body and the dysglycemia that we were speaking of is really scary in women these days. And it's masquerading as depression. One in four women in childbearing years is currently on an antidepressant. And yeah. the effect that has on fertility um, is really scary. And the fact that we are medicating this really unique group of um, human population right now in a way, and we don't have a ton of long-term studies to see. And 
dysglycemia sometimes can flat out be the reason why somebody is feeling depressed and anxious because their blood sugar levels are so irregular that it's masquerading as schizophrenia. It's masquerading as panic attacks. It's your hair falling out. And you go to your... um, your regular doctor versus the functional medicine doctor. And they say like, oh yeah, you know, you're losing your hair. You can't sleep at night. You're feeling stressed. Like, you know, let's get you on an antidepressant. They're not checking your thyroid, your hormones. And so I do think kind of like starting going back to basics, whether it's the crowd out method, whether it's eating more plants, whether it's ketosis, regardless of what it is and, and the lifestyle that you're choosing, you're finding something that's serving you. And, you know, the subpopulation of women that do benefit from a ketogenic diet are those that really need a lot of help and reset. Most of women in this day and age can benefit from a little bit of intermittent fasting, crowding out those stripped grains, crowding out the soy, especially the soy, um, you know, and in resetting the plastics in your home, the makeup that we're using, you know, the list could go on and on. And this is where it gets overwhelming for women and they don't know where to start. Hey guys, just wanted to take a moment and remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Michigan Family Wellness Clinic. We believe in healthy, vibrant families who can adapt to the stress in their life. In order to build a healthy family, we start by caring for one person at a time. If this message resonates with you, then I invite you to schedule an online appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com. Hey, and if you're enjoying today's episode, go ahead and share this podcast with someone else who can benefit from today's empowering conversation. All right, guys, let's get back to today's episode. And that's why it's great to have a resource like this podcast, like yourself, to in order to guide these women because it can be so overwhelming. And I think that can lead to a lot of anxiety and stress and depression like you were mentioning. I'm much more of the mindset where you probably don't have a deficiency in Prozac or it's not that you're lacking in SSRI. It's that you've got dysfunctional adaptive physiology and you have to do things naturally because as as we know here Jessica those cognitive medications I mean I'm already talking with people who are under 20 years old and they're on these medications and we know the long-term effects I mean people go through withdrawal if they try and get off them which is a big deal I wanted to ask you more about can you talk us through because this this is a big deal with this anxiety depression thing can you tell us more about your experience and what you did practically to overcome that? Yeah, so I definitely, after you know getting off me, I noticed my anxiety and went away and I would have it in my hands. My hands would tingle. The anxiety was so bad. I couldn't hold onto a pen without shaking. So that was, I noticed though that it came directly from eating poorly sourced animal protein. I do eat animal protein now. So I'm just putting that out there because I'm not saying everybody needs to go raw vegan, but I noticed my triggers, right? And also it was stripped grains. And so it was those genetically engineered grains. So once I kind of got all of that out of my life, I then also amped up my yoga practice and my spiritual practice because all of those helped me find that family, that tribe that, you know, you opened every podcast, you open every podcast with this. And I think it's so important is is finding that family and that community because all of that helped slowly but surely my anxiety one day was gone. And it wasn't forever because after I had my son, I had a ton of postpartum anxiety and it came back and I said, you know, I, I managed this. I found the root cause, but I noticed that anxiety 
it shifts over time. And as your lifestyle changes, there's different triggers, right? Whether it's, you know, scrolling through your phone all the time and the the anxiety and the angst to be on top of everything. Comparison syndrome, always trying to be like everyone on your screen. And it's, I say that all the time. And I, you know, I focus on doing that on my Instagram stories and saying, this is what you see on YouTube, but this is really what's happening. My kitchen is a mess on the other half, you know, because I haven't had a chance. I have two young children running around. So, um, but through finding the triggers, I did notice that I, there was a deeper, there was something deeper going on with my anxiety. And this is where, you know, you go in for your postpartum care visit six weeks after having a child and you take something that kind of looks like a Cosmo magazine quiz on a scale of one to 10, check how you're feeling. And it's that simple. We're medicating women based on that quiz and that postpartum anxiety. And we're, it's a very specific group of women. And so one thing that I think we need to focus on is that autoimmune diseases, many of them are triggered postpartum after you have birth, after you give birth. It's a traumatic experience to the body, which trauma we know can sometimes and many of times trigger autoimmune disease. And so I don't think that we're checking women constantly and on a consistent enough basis for, you know, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or we're checking their T3 levels. We're, we're asking them to take a Cosmo magazine quiz. And from there, we're basing on postpartum anxiety and depression. Which is a great point, Jessica. If someone is struggling with achieving those comprehensive lab panels, specifically thyroid, that is something that we do offer here through the Michigan Family Wellness Clinic. So we have an NPI number and we can equip that individual, that mother, that lady with those comprehensive blood testing panels if they're struggling to get it from their internist, their endocrinologist or their MD because they need medical necessity and things like that. So just wanted to say that as a little plug for another service that we offer here at the clinic. But to your point there too, Jessica, I mean, I couldn't agree more. The autoimmune conditions are just skyrocketing. And one thing I wanted to ask you about was with your pregnancies, with your anxiety, you were also receiving some chiropractic care. So as a chiropractor, I'm a major fan, super biased, but I wanted to ask you because this goes into movement. You mentioned yoga and exercise. The chiropractic adjustment is literally a movement for your spine. And I wanted to ask if that had any effect for you or if you can look back on that and be like, hey, you know, I felt a difference when I was adjusted or this, that or the other. What was your observation? Yeah. So I think that through my fertility struggle, um, I found that I had to really, you know, add in some great foods and supplements and supplements aren't always the answer. So I want to preface that. Um, But I, I added in a lot of great foods. I paid attention to my fertility and I noticed that I was getting a lot of adjustments and there was certain points on my body, specifically near my adrenal glands, that were really exceptionally sore. And so my chiropractor at the time was doing a lot of adjustments, focusing on the pelvic floor. And I think I had been a lot into my masculine energy. And I was, you know, in the workforce and trying to do it all and focusing on my masculine energy. And he said to me that my adrenals and my pelvic floor, everything was kind of closing itself down. And through opening that and aligning my spine and aligning, um, you know, just kind of like, you, you would know this better than I would, but just like the the neurological ability from my brain to be the pathway to be open through the spine, through that, through three months of very consistent, I'm talking once a week, chiropractic care for three months straight, which 
that's a lot of, you know, for people, either you do that a lot or you don't. And I was so committed to it. And through that, I just noticed that my entire energy and my ability to move through that and through yoga, my yoga practice changed dramatically. Sorry, that's my, uh, our security system. Uh, my yoga practice changed dramatically as I was well into my chiropractic my chiropractic care. I'm so glad to hear that. That makes complete sense. I hope people were tracking with that. If I were just to add anything, I really don't need to. No. To your point, it's all about the brain communicating better with the body. When you talk about the lumbar plexus of nerves, the sacral plexus of nerves, all of that's going to our gut, our organs of digestion, even the organs of reproduction. So the uterus, mm. prostate, and everything down there. And so when someone's struggling with fertility, any kind of pelvic pain during pregnancy, low back pain, morning uh, sickness, things like that, the simple act of removing the neurological interference via the chiropractic adjustment is profound and phenomenal. I'll articulate one more mechanism, if you will. <clears throat> the actual movement of the spinal facet joints releases an endogenous source of mm. a neurotransmitter called GABA. So you may yep. have heard of this. So what I'm trying to do at the Michigan Family Wellness Clinic here is elevate the profession from more than just pop and pray, if you will, <laughs> but to actually how can we fine tune your nervous system right. and increase your parasympathetics, decrease your sympathetics and just help you mm. heal yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I love that because, you know, right now, autoimmune based illnesses are outpacing our ability to diag diagnose them. And I think that through chiropractic care, we're allowing the body to function in a way that it was always meant to function. Let's talk a little bit more about prenatal nutrition and nutrition during pregnancy. What would be Jessica's top mm -hmm. major components <laughs> or nutrients for that season of life, that period of life? Because as we know, it can be really tough when uh, we're tr either trying to conceive or even during that season of pregnancy, making sure we have enough of the proper nutrients and good enough nutrition, both macros and micros. Would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So one of the first things that I would say to women who are trying to conceive or they're considering it is to get your thyroid checked out. And so if you, I love that you guys offer that. That's incredible because it's hard to find a functional medicine doctor and or a regular doctor who offers the type of labs that we're looking for. Many of times they're very surface level and they're like, yeah, you're in the normal range. And you know, you could use a little bit of Synthroid. I think that would help out. That's the exact opposite road that you want to go on when you want to start to conceive. So we really want to check the thyroid and women currently in our space and in, in my age group, their thyroids are under attack and it's, it's a burden of the products that are off-gassing, the candles that we're burning, the Febreze that we're spraying, you know, the foods that we're eating that have been sprayed and more of the plastic that we're drinking out of and that we're eating out of. It's very, very scary. And our thyroid and our liver are doing their best. They're trying their hardest to detox and to keep our body aligned, but it's just not happening and we're outpacing it. So the first thing that you can do is you can just eat the rainbow. And I try to make it as simple as possible for people. Eat the rainbow and don't eat the same thing every single day. And that's hard to do. It's hard for myself not to do it because I get in a rut of eating the same salad or, you know, the same salmon recipe, but you really want to mix it up and you want to mix up your nutrients so that you're, you're getting all of your macros and your micros from all of the foods that are out there. So I would say the first thing that we can do is 
kind of get those grains, get those stripped grains. I'm not talking about your soaked quinoa and your sprouted grains. Those are beautiful and you definitely want to have them. And in women who are pregnant, you know, you need the grains. Your body needs that. Your body needs to take that energy. You're growing a human. But I would encourage you to get the soy out of your diet, get the stripped grains out of your diet, get the high mercury fish out of your diet, get the farm raised fish out of your diet, get the, you know, antibiotic chicken out of your diet. Eat as clean as possible. Eat traditional foods. Think about what your grandparents ate and eat as close to that as possible. And it's, you know, get your pasteurized eggs, try to eat local, try to eat seasonally, focus on the foods that are high in, you know, the avocados that are high in fat, your grass-fed butters. I would encourage women to eat those type of foods when they want to conceive. Couldn't agree more, Jessica. So many great things there. Guys, if you're listening to this, go ahead and hit that rewind 15 seconds, rewind 30 seconds, because there was a lot of great information there that I think you guys should re-listen to. I especially just like all of the high nutrient density foods. Uh, Choline is one of my big ones there for nutrition during fertility and pregnancy. I love your discussion on the thyroid, and I actually wanted to go into a little bit of a uh, helping women connect with their thyroid gland. But if you guys can just Take both hands right underneath your jawbone, pretty much as high as you can go. To your point, Jessica, your fascination with bones and anatomy, you'll start to feel the hyoid bone. It's actually, this bone is floating. It's the only bone that is not attached and articulating with another bone. So that's kind of the first thing you feel there in the neck. And then this is actually what I do as part of our manual palpation thyroid exam. And it's it just, it's remarkable to me when I'm talking with a, a lady who's gone in for a thyroid evaluation and the physician never did a manual thyroid exam because it's just so simple, it's so easy. And I think we've just lost this whole mindset of being able to touch people safely. So if you start there up at the hyoid bone right underneath the jaw, you slowly work your way down. Eventually you come to a, a little bit of a wider part of the throat and the neck. And those two kind of fleshy parts there right by maybe below your Adam's apple, if you will, is the actual thyroid gland itself. There's a right side and a left side and this little thing in the center that connects the two called the isthmus. That's not so much important, but you can really start to do, you can palpate your own thyroid. You can feel if it's nodular and lumpy or if it's more soft and pliable. And this can give you some insight into how is my thyroid actually functioning? It really should be soft and pliable. If you're feeling nodules, if you're feeling growth, so um, we live in the goiter belt. I don't see goiters a ton, but we do live in Michigan, which uh, our soil is nutrient depleted, specifically iodine. Iodine's a whole nother discussion there. But. A whole nother one, yeah. <laughs> um, but your, your thyroid is going to start to uh, change its size and function versus on its adaptive physiology there. So that's one of the things I love to start doing just to help people get a sense of where their thyroid is, what's going on right side versus left side. And then honestly, Jessica, if, they ne if there needs to be additional imaging done, I love ultrasound. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, especially if they go in for imaging with x-ray, for like a cervical spine x-ray, they need to think about shielding the thyroid somehow. I know it's tough, but it's there, hard, yeah. Yeah, there are certain tissues in our bodies, our eyes, our reproductive organs. Our, I mean, these things are very radiosensitive and we don't want to be loading them with extra dose. That being said, sometimes we do need to make a referral out for more imaging for the thyroid. I mentioned ultrasound. Then we also do a lot of blood testing to really figure out what's going on uh, with the thyroid itself. And uh, I think this is just a really good topic that applies 
applies to a lot of women, especially when they have symptoms, but their labs come back normal and their doctor says it's all in your head or you're crazy or they just brush them off. So your hair is falling out, you have no energy and you're gaining weight, but you're in the normal range. And I love the connection of being able to know where your thyroid is, to be able to point to it, to be able to empower women. Women have, and this is the society, the society we're in right now, have given over a lot of the power of their body, whether it be to, you know, to birth control, to their doctor, where we have a disconnect to our body. And, you know, the first thing I say on your fertility journey is, you know, get a basal body temperature, take your temperature every morning, know your cycle. Take that empowerment in your body. You know your body. That way you're the expert on your cycle and on your body. When you go to your doctor and you just say, well, like, I don't know, my pill was every 28 days, we're disempowering ourselves. And I love that being able to feel the nodules in your thyroid and being able to know your fertility. You know, these things are empowering on a deeper level than, than we know. And it the but the ability to for the brain and the body connection is real. We all know this is real. And it is mind over matter. And so taking that into your own hands is really important. And there's a lot of really great, you know, supplementation. We always start with food and then supplementation because like you said, our soil is depleted. And people say they challenge me about supplements and I try my best. I've just filmed this weekend of what I eat in a day because I get the sexy supplement question. Everybody wants to know the quick the quick fix to the supplement and let me tell you, there's no quick fix. However, I eat a very balanced meal, but I'm not eating perfect meals three times a day, 365. So I do need a supplement with that in our soil. And for our thyroid, barley grass juice powder and spirulina, Hawaiian spirulina are powerhouses. And if if women can add in, and I have a, vi a video, not to do a shameless plug, but I have a video on how I was able to get to conceive and to reproduce on the first try once I got all of this into practice. I have a video and I can send you the link if you want to add it into the show notes. Yeah, and I would love for people to check that out because it's really simple tips and barley grass juice powder and Hawaiian spirulina are so powerful for our thyroid. And in the thyroid, you can take these. They are, you know, plant-based. It's not, you know, a supplement that you're taking. It's from the ground. It's something that you can add in every single day into your green juice, into your smoothie, sprinkle it in every day. You will notice, I promise you, if you are dedicated to it in 28 days, you will notice your energy. You will notice your thyroid, the squishiness, right? You'll notice that gland in there, the elasticity and the bounce back. That's the one thing people say like, oh, I my fingers bounce back a little bit faster and you know, the density of it, it feels as though it's been hydrated again. And that's the way that people explain it to me. And I have to agree just through those simple adjustments and those supplements. Going back to the chiropractic side of things too, just the neurology, the innervation of the thyroid from the cervical spine, from the brachial plexus, major, major, major changes and improvements can be seen just by restoring proper range of motion and proper alignment to that part of the body, specifically with all of, I mean, a lot of ladies, a lot of women especially carry tension in their neck and shoulders. And so mm -hmm. uh, just getting everything cleared out there is just really helpful, especially for their stress levels too. You mentioned like the, the magic supplement or the special supplement or uh, the term that I like to use is panacea or like the one mm -hmm. thing that cures everything. 
Because I've had this question myself <laughs> from our patients and it's like, look, there's there's nothing out there. People love to talk about turmeric and like uh, all these great things, which are fantastic. You know, let the fruits be thy food and let the leaves be thy medicine, right? Like the herbs be thy medicine, right? However, I would say if there was one thing for me, it would be sleep. So I'm always Ooh. asking our patients, are you having a good night's rest? Can you take a nap in the middle of the day? Can you even have good bowel movements? Are you doing right. great number ones and number twos? Things like that. Because that's so important to me as a chiropractor because those are parasympathetic nervous system functions. When we're stressed out and our sympathetics are through the roof, you're not going to fall asleep. Your cortisol is going to be up through the roof. And you've got to be able, that's when our body heals. That's when all of yes. our cells turn over is when we're sleeping. But if we're not sleeping, that's not happening. So no. sleep is free. You don't have to pay for it, but there can be such great things along with chiropractic adjustments that can really help us get a good night's rest. Absolutely. I agree. I always say, I joke with our chiropractor that when I take my son in for an adjustment, it's my favorite day because he sleeps so good that night. And you know, you're speaking to women and to moms about sleep, right? And every time I post a video that includes sleep, I always kind of chuckle. And I posted a video about, you know, my favorite tips to combat stress. And sleep is number one, right? Sleep is number one. And I laughed because I felt like a fraud, like the emperor has no clothes. And I couldn't film that video because the night before I was up with my children, legitimately from one until four in the morning straight. But I took a nap. I had, I had, I dropped my son off at school. I had to take a nap or I call my mom to come over so I can lay down for 45 minutes because I can't function without sleep. And yes, we're supposed to sleep when the sun goes down. Um, but I go to bed early. I, you know, I'm in bed many nights by 845 at night because I recognize that my daughter is nursing and she's going to wake up at two in the morning to feed. So if I go to bed at nine or nine 30, that gives me a really good stretch. So you know, the dishes and all of that are important to an extent, but your sleep is the most important. So getting to bed early, if that's what you have to do, if you have to go to bed when your kids go to bed, then that's something that's the choice you have to make is for optimal help. That one thing, I agree with you, that one thing that you can do is free and it is sleep. Well, Jessica, I am not a mother, so it sometimes is difficult for me to connect with this thing, but I'm just expressing the comments and the thoughts that I hear from mothers and women in our office. And one of them is just feeling guilty about being so tired and so chronically fatigued that they're taking naps during the day. They're missing out on these precious moments, whether it's with their newborns, their infants, or even their kids that may be a little bit older. And there's this feeling of guilt. There's just this pressure. How do you counsel or advise women with that in terms of like a mindset thing? Do you do do you get into that whole like uh, mental side of things with like psychosomatic reflexes and counseling, or do you pretty much keep it with the nutrition and the lifestyle? So I think that all of that fits within lifestyle because I find that I know from myself and when I'm not practicing um, what I preach that I feel resentful, right? That I'm not sleeping and I, I feel guilty and I feel short fused. I feel all of the things that you don't want to feel as a mother. You want to feel excited and happy. Um, and then I also feel those comparisons. That's when comparison really creeps in when I look on Instagram and I, I look back and I say, I'm projecting onto them because I'm not taking my own self-care in my hands and I'm not taking control of that. So the first step that I take is we got to ask for help, right? And we've been conditioned as women to do it all. We can do it all, right? And do it all on ourselves. But ancestrally, 
women were never left alone with a baby. We weren't raising babies on our own. We weren't in our homes, in our apartments for eight hours alone with a baby. Those things never happened until now. So we are asked to raise children the way that we did 100 years ago in a way that has never been done before. So first, I advise women to ask for help. On a Saturday, if you need to take an hour or two-hour nap, you need to do that for you and for your children. If you need to go to yoga, if you need to go get your adjustment, I two weekends ago, I went and I had my nutrition response therapy testing from my chiropractor and I had all of that done and I had a reset for myself for the new year and I took two hours. I went and I got my adjustment. I had my my levels checked. I had my muscles tested. I have all of my new protocol, but you know, my protocol is secondary to my sleep, my hydration, my nutrition, all of those are first. And then my supplementation, you know, is second to that. But you know, I do have to take care of myself. If I'm not getting adjusted, I'm not doing my yoga. I'm not taking every morning. I meditate for 10 minutes and my daughter wakes up. I meditate with her there and it's not perfect, but I have to do it for self-care. Self-care is huge. Couldn't agree more. Back to your point about community and about just people taking care of each other and how women, we do things differently than we did 100, 200 years ago. Our friends from church, actually, uh, this woman just delivered her second. And so she went in for her follow-up visit with her doctor. And one of the questions is always, do you feel supported? And she was able to say without hesitation, just a resounding yes, because we do, this is one example, I know a lot of communities do other things in terms of meals, right? So it can be difficult to prepare a meal for your family, especially when you're trying to do things all authentically and traditionally to have it be healthy. So we have these like online scheduling programs that just people rotate preparing a meal and then we bring it over to them uh, during specific days and times and then whatever fits best with their, uh, you know, because she's vegetarian and so Mm. meeting their nutritional needs. And that's just one way that a community helps a mother, especially with her second, because that transition from one to two can be a a big one uh, Mm -hmm. from from what I'm told, essentially. So Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful that she has that. And it is, you know, women were grabbing nuts and seeds and an apple and calling it lunch. And (laughs) I'm speaking from experience. So that's how I kind of coach. Um, I don't take clients currently at this space. I think you and I talked about that offline. I'm currently not seeking clients. I have people asking me a lot, but I'm trying to help on a a larger platform right now and help um, more of a mass than one-on-one. And maybe I'll get back to that, but but that's how I advise people is is self-care and really taking care of yourself. And I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm speaking with you, but I, when I go see my chiropractor and I have to come into the office and see you. I'm, I'm really excited about that. that. Let's do it. We're only an hour away. Um, We have to do it because I, I notice, you know, my sleep when I get my adjustment and my sleep is so much better. And I, and I have my muscle testing done and I know it's that peak under the hood. And if I can't get a blood panel right now, and if a woman, you know, your primary care doctor says, Oh, you can't get a blood panel because you're nursing, your hormones are off. Go find a chiropractor who can look and give you that snapshot of wellness that your primary care doctor can't give you right now, because that is just as important, and you're going to get more information from them from them than your regular primary care doctor can give you. They're going to run deeper, more in, intensive, invasive tests in a way that's going to give you a greater 
um, snapshot and into your endocrine system and into your hormones and into your thyroid and your adrenals, all of these glands that are working really hard and your progesterone level. And we're going to get you on a natural remedy for that and also on a diet and a lifestyle that support it. Absolutely. Jessica, you have brought the value today. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Tell our listeners exactly where they can go to find more about you. Sure. So the first place you can definitely check out is my YouTube page. I'm posting weekly videos. I'm going to get that up to two weekly videos when I can maintain my self-care and that pace right now as a stay-at-home mom. I'm hoping that's in the next month or two. So on YouTube, I'm just Jessica Spires. You can search me on there. And then if you want to connect me, connect with me on a day-to-day basis um, on Instagram at Jessica J Spires. I'm on Insta stories all the time. You can get a peek behind the curtain, you know, how I'm maintaining life as a mom with two kids trying to build this business as an entrepreneur. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing it, but I also talk about the not so great times and the messy kitchens and the real life. Well, hey, everyone, you guys can check out the show notes for this podcast to see all of the clickable links and value that we want to provide for you. You can also check out the webpage for this podcast by going to michiganfamilywellness.com and checking out everything there. Jessica, thanks so much. You're a rock star wife, mother, entrepreneur. You just seem like you have everything really going well for you right now. I just wanted to thank you so much for bringing value and inspiration to the platform here. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan. I reached out and I'm glad that we had a chance to connect because I love your platform and everything you're doing. So thank you so much for having me, Dr. Kyle. Can't wait to have you visit the clinic sometime. Thanks again. Likewise. Thank you. All right, families. What'd you think? We'd love to get your feedback. If you would like to email me about anything you've heard on this or any previous edition of the Family Wellness Lifestyle Podcast, you may do so by writing Dr. Kyle at michiganfamilywellness.com and take full advantage of the Family Lifestyle Audio Library at michiganfamilywellness.com. Connect with us on social media at Michigan Family Wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in, families. Have an awesome week. And remember, we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. Now that you've been equipped with the latest in family wellness solutions, we want to encourage you to apply these strategies right away. But the thing is, there's still so much to learn. Connect with Dr. Walner's chiropractic and nutrition office by going to michiganfamilywellness.com and click the newsletter sign up button to join the informative and supportive community of chiropractic wellness. You will also receive as a gift from Dr. Walner a copy of Michigan Family Wellness Solutions, an invaluable resource containing dynamic tools to elevate family health and vitality. Michigan Family Wellness wants to thank you for being part of today's podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review.